Welcome to Vital Life Connection with Oren Rudolph. Discovering in Christ to love the life we live and learning how to live a life of love. Well, welcome back to the second part of the summary of David Susan's interview about his book and his story. His book, of course, being Balls, The Three Secrets of Sales Success. And I was taking this seven-part interview and I'm just summarizing it into 12 principles that we can really pull out of this book. And so today we are going to follow up with the next six principles. Yesterday we covered this first six. Today we're going to finish off and cover the next six principles. Yesterday we ended off with principle number six, which was fear is a negative expectation, which was taken from episode four of this interview. And today we're going to carry on because these two principles work together. Anticipation, principle number seven, anticipation is a positive expectation. So yesterday we finished with fear is a negative expectation. Today we're going to start with anticipation is a positive expectation. Let me just go a little bit back here about this whole fear thing. Fear is a negative expectation. It's, and I want to focus on that word negative because fear is always looking at things through the glasses of negativity, of what could go wrong, the bad things that could go wrong, the negative things that could go wrong. And I believe that this is generated through a couple of things. One, it's generated by bad past experiences, experiences that you might have had that are negative, and now you are going through some similar circumstances. Because of what happened in the past, you are expecting the same results. That could be one reason that fear is coming up again. Another one, we surround ourselves with warriors. We surround ourselves with people who are negative, people who always are looking at the negative things. Maybe they caught up in their own negative world, their own negative circumstances, and they are always speaking negativity. Negativity is a cancer. It spreads. And when you surround yourself with negative people, you will eventually become negative. Another way that we pick up this negative expectation is through the things we put into our mind, the things we watch. I think so many are so caught up in the news. We watch CNN, we watch Fox, we watch MSNBC, and we watch all these news programs that's main purpose is to keep you focused on them. And one of the best ways to do that is to tell you all the negative things in the world, to get your fear up. So you've got to watch more and more because fear can be addicting. It creates a hormone that is secreted called adrenaline. And this adrenaline is addictive and fear creates adrenaline. So we get addicted to news broadcast because it creates this adrenaline. We're always looking at, oh man, the worst case scenarios. And this too produces a negative expectation in us. The second part to this, number seven, is anticipation is the positive side. So look at it as two sides of a coin. You have the one side, the fear aspect. The, the second side is the anticipation. And David just spelled this out so beautifully in episode four, that anticipation is the other side of fear. It's the positive aspect. 
It's the positive expectation. Just like fear is generated by past events, by what we fill our minds with, and who we hang around with, so is anticipation. I love the scripture in Joshua chapter 4, reading from verse 8. It says, And Joshua said to them, Cross again to the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan, and each of you take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Israel. Let this be a sign among you, so that when your children ask later, saying, What do these stones mean to you? Then you shall say to them, Because the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord, when it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall become a memorial to the sons of Israel forever. So the sons of Israel did as Joshua commanded and took up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, just as the Lord spoke to Joshua, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Israel, and they carried them over with them to the lodging place and put them down there. Now you might say, what in the world has that got to do with anticipation? Well, if you remember about fear and both anticipation, it's about past events, where fear focuses on negatives of the past to produce negatives for the future. Anticipation looks at the past and looks at the positives and says, you know what? These things happen in my life. God never let me down. He saw me through all these areas where I feared and worried about getting let down and God never let me down. And so I look back at those stones of remembrance, those memorial stones, just like Joshua did. He built stones so that Israelites could look back and say, you know what? God brought us through the Jordan. In fact, that probably would have put back memory to God brought us through the Red Sea. God brought us through the desert. Those stones were remembrance of God's promise that said, I will take you into the promised land. And though we went through many trials, many tribulations, many problems, we got to the promised land. So our future generations can look back and say, God was faithful then. Why won't he be faithful now? If you want to really see a positive expectation, you have got to look back and look and remember all the things God has done for you in the past. Build yourself some memorial stones. Write them down. Write a list and type it out. Laminate it and put it on your mirror in your bathroom. Put it in your workplace. Put it somewhere where you can, when the negative thoughts, when fear comes up, that you can look at that memorial of all the good things God has taken you through. All the times you expected the worst and God gave you the best. God got you through those things. And those are your memorial stones. Surround yourself with others who are positive, who are speaking positive words Anticipation is a positive expectation. Anticipation pulls you forward. Fear and worry push you back. If we are making a projection of the future in the negative sense, remember, none of that is real. So we need to make this stuff real in our head and make it real in the positive sense, not the negative sense. I believe in that, that whatever you believe, there is this power in your belief, in faith. There is power in these things. And if you keep speaking negativity, you're going to create your own world. 
you're going to create the, a world of negativity versus if you start speaking and anticipating that God is good and God is going to do good things in your life, you will start to see the good things in your life. Anticipation is equal to faith and hope. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and in assurance about what we do not see. You see, you do not see the future. You cannot. Only God can see the future. But faith is having confidence in what we hope for. Why can we have confidence in an anticipatory hope, in a positive hope of what's going to happen in the future? Because of who our daddy is. If you know who he is, faith is not hard. In fact, the Bible says he gives you that faith. Hebrews 11.1 1. Faith is confidence in what we hope for, the positive of what we hope for. And it's an assurance about things that we do not see yet. Fear is also a confidence, but it's a confidence in the negative hope. And it's an insurance of that negative hope of things we do not see. Anticipation is the opposite. Fear, false events appearing real or false evidence appearing real. Another thing that David said, or future events appearing real. And anticipation is the same thing. It's a positive future that appears real. Remember that. Remember that. That was a great episode, episode four, speaking about that. And David really gave some great principles out of that episode. Having balls, getting over fear. I just want to say there are so many people, if you look into the, in the Bible, there were so many of these great men of God that had balls, women and men, that overcame the fear because they anticipated the good things God had for them. They could cut through the fear and move on. Number eight. Man, I spent too much time on that. Number eight. Top performers set goals and vision. That came from episode five. Now, I love what David's illustration. Being in a boat on the ocean without a sail or or compass might still land you on some beach, but that destination might not be where you want to go. There are too many people that are floating on an ocean without a sail, without oars, without a compass, and they are wondering why they're not getting where they are going, where they want to go. They land up somewhere, but the somewhere is not where they want. People with goals have direction. Proverbs 29, 18, you probably have heard the scripture, where there is no vision, people cast off restraint. That cast off restraint means that they, they just, they're running like a chicken without the, a head. Now, I know that's a gross illustration, but it's exactly that. When you, a chicken without a head still runs around, but it has no direction. Its nerves are just taking where it needs to go. Let me tell you that there are many people out there that don't have vision for their future. They don't have goals for the future. So they're running around with no direction. Without vision, people just throw off the restraint and just go in any direction they want. God wants to give you a vision. God wants to give you goals. I love what David said. Goals should not be forced. Rather, they are something that excites you and pulls you forward. It doesn't drive you forward. It pulls you forward. You see, you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. 
And the Holy Spirit is going to reveal areas in you and show you areas that he made you with. Gifts, purposes, things inside you. And these things are going to excite you. We spoke about that yesterday. The very first thing I told you was passion creates confidence. Well, in this, it's the same thing is that when you have passion, you build confidence, but then you've got to set goals to reach your passion, to realize your passion. Goals should ignite that passion, excitement, purpose, and inspiration. So if you've already got passion, goals just heats the pot. It just ignites it and and really sets it aflame. You see, confidence and passion trump personality. I love that. Confidence and passion trump personality. You could have the most boring personality. Man, I've seen some boring personalities. When they get passionate, though, they move. Yeah, they might not be the best orators. They might not be the most amazing people to speak to. In fact, some of them, you might be falling asleep, but they've still got a passion. I've seen this over and over again, and their passion produces results. You will see great results, and yet you look at them, and you put them next to someone who's got great personality, and he's outgoing, and you see this one who's kind of, when you talk to them, they're kind of like dragging uh, nails on a chalkboard, yet this person here is successful. This one is not. Why? Because this one has a passion that is, and and out of that passion, there are goals and vision and purpose and inspiration and excitement for what they do as well. This person is running around with a, without a goal and a vision, and they don't know where to go. They're landing up on shores they don't want to be at. Ask the question, what moves you? What excites you? What would I do for free without a paycheck? Because I love it so much. Now we need paychecks. We need that income. But if you can find out the thing that you would actually do for free and then find a way how to get paid doing it. Man, a few, quite a few years ago, I was sitting in a car. I still remember this listening to Zig Ziglar on the radio on a, on a, on a tape that I'd put in a car. This was a while back and asking the Lord, what is it that you want from me? Lord, I know that you have a calling on my life, but I don't know what it is. And God said, what are you good at? What have I given you that you're good at? And I said, Lord, I am good at speaking. He said, would you speak for free? I said, well, Lord, I'm already speaking for free. I am speaking in churches. I'm speaking in places for free and I'm not getting paid for it. The Lord said, well, do that, but get paid for it. And I went on a journey. I started creating goals and vision in my life. And I was said, you know what? Yes, I I don't want to do this to just get paid. I'll do this for free, but I need to survive. So I'm going to do it and get paid and and started my career in professional speaking. I'd been speaking before. I couldn't call myself a professional because I wasn't getting paid. Now I get paid to speak all over the country. I've spoken in different countries. I've spoken all across this country and I get paid for it. But I had to get a vision. I had to get a goal. I had to get a purpose. I needed to be inspired. But it started with asking the question, what would I do for free? And then once I know what I'll do for free, because I've got a passion for it, then find, ask the Lord to help you to find ways to get paid for that passion. Man, wouldn't you love to do things in life that you love and that you're passionate for, that turns you on, and then get paid for it at the same time? 
top performers set goals and vision and goals and vision ignite passion and excitement and inspiration and purpose. Number nine, top performers have integrity. Woo, this was, this was a good one. Episode six, episode six. Integrity means that you are willing to engage with others and not be afraid to admit mistakes or look bad. You know something interesting? Integrity comes from the Latin word integer. Now, you've probably heard, if you've ever done math, you've heard of an integer. Integer means a whole number. A lot of times we take integrity and only look at it, well, somebody who is doing something behind closed doors and doing something in front of others, and those two are congruent. Those two match up. And yes, that is part of integrity. But integrity is so much more than just what you do. Integrity is who you are. Integrity is a wholeness. It is when you are whole, when you are a whole person, that you are not trying to get your wholeness from your spouse or your kids or some other means, not getting your wholeness from what other people say about you, but in yourself, you are whole. You know who you are. You know who God has created you to be. This produces integrity. When you have an identity, when you know who you are, this produces and you know who God is, it produces relationship, not only with God and a, and a deep relationship with him, but with others. And out of that relationship with God and others is produced an integrity of wholeness. People today become expert avoiders because they are afraid to engage with others. Remember what I said, integrity means that you're willing to engage. Why am I willing to engage? Because I am willing, I know who I am. I am holding, I, and, and, and no matter how the outcome comes, when I engage with you and whatever you say and whatever you do is not going to affect who I am because I'm whole. So I can speak freely. I can speak honestly. I can admit my mistakes. I can admit where I've blown it. I don't have to lie about things because I know who I am and I can handle whatever comes, whatever consequences I have to deal with. People today become these expert avoiders because they don't know who they are. They are afraid. There's that fear again to admit mistakes or look bad because they, they're all about people pleasing. They're scared what people will say. And so they lie. They're not genuine. They are always hiding behind some mask because they really are not whole. And they're trying to find their wholeness in other people. Why is this? I love what David said is the breakup of the American family. Because people do not learn to talk with one another and learn to problem solve. And so there's no more sitting around a table anymore, learning to converse with one another, to learning to speak about the deep things in life. We sit in front of televisions. We sit in front of screens. Our kids are locked in their rooms most of the time. We don't see them. The American family has maybe just a dad or a mom that is raising kids. They are working all the time. There is no coming together anymore. Everyone is on their, in their own path, on their own world, and we don't learn to communicate. We do, don't learn to effectively problem solve together. We don't teach our children to solve their own problems. So many parents step in and solve their children's problems for them because it's just easier that way. It's easier for me to just step in and solve the problem and get it done with 
than to allow them to problem solve. And so they get into a job, they get into work, and they don't know how to problem solve. They don't know how to engage. Top performers have integrity. Number 10, confidence. This is from episode six. Confidence is not what you gain, it's what you lose. Now, this is tied to that whole fear and anticipation, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time here, but it was a very important statement. What David said was when you eliminate fear, when you remove fear out of your life, what remains is confidence. Now, all these other principles that I've spoken about already today, all these principles about fear and anticipation and setting goals, as we've already stated, creates this confidence and removes this fear. People with integrity minimize fear to engage others. They are more willing to clean up when they mess up. They're more confident to be able to clean up their mess ups. They are more willing to follow through and they tend not, as David's third principle was, secret principle was, they tend not to drop balls as much because they're confident to engage. And why are they confident to engage? Because they have a passion, that they have goals, that they are not afraid, that they remove fear out of their lives. They, they are confident because they know who they are. They, they have integrity. They have wholeness. So they're confident. You see, confidence is a fruit of all these other things. So don't chase after confidence. So many people go to these seminars to learn how to be more confident. Deal with the other things. Deal with the roots. And you'll find confidence becomes a, a natural fruit out of all these other things that we have spoken about. Number 11. Top performers have a system or process. This was also episode 6 on dropping balls. So, I love David saying, man, I, I'd never actually, you know, let me be honest. I'd never heard of it before. I'd heard about, you know, paper never forgets, the mind does. But I love David's statement. He said, if you think it, ink it. Don't leave it to memory. Think it, you ink it. Because my wife tells me this all the time. If you don't ink it, you don't, you, you're going to forget. If you don't put it on a piece of paper, just the little things. You know, I'm good at memorizing lists and doing stuff like that, but... In many occasions, I will forget stuff that she's asked me to do because I never wrote it on the paper. And it was because at that time, it wasn't important in what I was thinking. I was thinking of other things and I allowed it to go in one ear and go out the other. So write these things down. If you think it, ink it. Don't try and leave it to memory. I love the other thing that David said. The ball should always be in your court. The ball should always be in your court. In other words, don't wait, other, wait for other people to take action. You take the action. You need to take the initiative. Don't wait for others to follow up. If somebody, you've asked somebody to uh, call you back or you've asked somebody to pay you back or to return a book or to do something and they haven't done it, don't get mad. Don't get upset with them. You take the initiative and you go and you phone them and ask them for the money or ask them for, and there's that engagement again. We are afraid to engage because we are not whole. So we don't engage and we drop the balls because we are afraid to confront people in a positive, in a good way, but we're still afraid to confront. We are afraid to ask them for the money. We are afraid to ask them for the book back. We are afraid to remind them if they forgot things. If you've got a boss that forgets things, don't get mad at the boss. 
become that buffer, step in between them and remind the boss. Hold people accountable. Don't wait for them to do it. The ball is always in your court. And finally, number 12. This was from episode 7. Leadership rolls downhill. Leadership is doing it first before you expect someone else to do it. Leadership can set a positive or negative culture within your company, within your department, within your family. Leadership sets a culture, sets the atmosphere. Be a thermostat, not a thermometer. In other words, you set the temperature. Leadership sets the temperature. Doesn't just always tell people what the temperature is. A thermometer is always looking at what the temperature is. And it's just telling people, oh, well, the temperature is this, the temperature is that. Where a thermostat goes into a situation and says, it's too cold here, I'm going to heat it up. It's too hot here, I'm going to cool it down. I am going to be the buffer in this situation. Yes, I might not have all the authority in that situation, but through my actions, my behaviors, the things I say, Jesus said this, didn't he? He said, you know, it's called the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. In other words, when you are going into situations, you treat other people with respect, with love, with friendship, with kindness. And the Bible says, and it will come back to you shaken together, pushed down, shaken together and running over. In other words, what you give, you will get back. So if you walk into a room or walk into a situation and there's a bunch of negativity, you bring some positivity. Leadership is not a title. It's what you do. Going back to that first point, leadership is doing it first before you expect someone else to do it. Leadership is not a title. It's what you do is something else that David spoke about. We need to become the buffer. As I said, we need to be air purifiers between smokestacks. If people are belching negativity, we become those air purifiers. James 3, 9 through 11 speaks this so clearly. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing. My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives, or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. What's he saying? Negativity and positive can't come out of the same mouth. Or shouldn't, yet it does. We speak positive, we speak negative. There's power in our mouths. There's power in our tongues, in what we say. Our words have power. Go in and start sowing seeds of inspiration. Go sow seeds of passion. Go sow seeds of positive thought into situations instead of coming and mirroring and speaking. So many times I hear people coming in and just parroting what they heard on the news, what they heard from those news anchors, what they heard from a negative friend. they just spreading it. If you're going to spread something, spread something positive, not something negative. Become the leader when other leaders are dropping the ball. Man, these seven interviews have been that I did with David Susan were amazing. They were awesome. They were inspirational. They were powerful. If you haven't listened to them, go back and listen to the seven episodes. David has some great wisdom. 
listen to the podcast, you can get to his website at davidsusan.com. Remember, Susan is spelt with S-U-S-O-N, not U-N. So davidsusan.com, go to Amazon, look for David Susan's book, Balls, The Three Secrets of Sales Success. Reach out to me, I'd love to hear from you, coach at orinrudolph.com. Like me on Facebook, like me on Twitter, like me on YouTube, subscribe on YouTube, give me a like in the podcast section of whatever podcast that you are listening to, iTunes, leave me a review, contact me, let me know that you what you're getting out of these podcasts. Man, I love communication with those that are listening. It's so hard sometimes. I'm so used to when I'm speaking in my classes. I can see people sitting out there. I can see the expressions on their faces. I can see what they think many times what they're thinking. So sometimes doing a podcast is so hard because I can't see you. And so the only way I can communicate is send me an email. Coach at OrenRudolph.com You can also look up my book on Amazon. Let it go. How to gain freedom from your past and power for your future. And I know that the word of forgiveness needs to get out to people. We have to learn how to let things go so that we can really grab hold of the future. So once again, visit me on my website, orinrudolph.com. Check me out in these different areas. And I am excited to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast on the summary of David Susan. I know that you have gained a lot out of these 12 principles and out of these seven episodes So grace to you and have a wonderful rest of your week. Thank you for listening to Vital Life Connection with Oren Rudolph. For more information on other available teaching, please visit our website at orenrudolph.com and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash orenrudolph.